you know, like most of the country, I've been watching the ESPN documentary on Michael Jordan called The Last Dance. But, you know, I didn't really think he was that much of a jerk. I don't know. Is that a me problem? Nah, couldn't be. Hi, everybody. This is J.O. I am the author of Maximize Your Medicare. The 2020-2021 edition is available now at Allworth Press. You can go to Amazon. You can also order it from your local bookstore. So if you've got a neighborhood bookstore, you can imagine under coronavirus, they're having an awfully hard time. Please support them. You can order the book straight there on their website. Get it delivered right to your house. I, like most of America, am you know, living in a kind of a state of disbelief. And that's why, really, I haven't been putting out a lot of podcasts because I didn't want to sound too down or too bummed out that we have to stay at home and do the right thing, which is clearly the right thing. But in the recent past, I've been on as a guest on a number of different locations in the media. You can see an article at MedicareResources.com, a fairly lengthy article about Irma, which is you know something I've talked about here on the podcast. In addition to that, you'll see me on Jim Cramer's website. Soon they're going to be having a new platform for Retirement Matters. They're going to be three three-minute snippets, me and journalist Bob Powell, a very great supporter of mine and the book. He and I are going to be having a few snippets there on video. And lastly, what we've got, and just the other day, I appeared on a YouTube broadcast with Josh Scanlon. You can recall maybe about a year ago, I've been his guest in the past, and you know he has directed a number of people in support of me and the book. We talked about Medicare under coronavirus. We talked about a couple of other things, and not only that, some other financial planning issues. Things are going to be affected by the fact that we're living under this pandemic, and then there's going to be the ripple effects. So without further delay, Here's Josh and I on his broadcast, just posted yesterday, which was what? Wednesday. Time flies when you're having no fun. All right, good. All right, so welcome, my friends. Appreciate you all being here. We got uh, everybody's favorite Medicare expert, uh, J.O., with us here today. And uh, all right, hold on a sec. There we go. All right. And so what we're going to talk about, we got three main things to talk about. And I just want to kind of go through the list, folks, is... Uh, uh, Jay's going to bring us uh, up to date on coronavirus and medic and health insurance. Coronavirus and health insurance—that's uh, that's, that's going to be a big thing, absolutely, because everyone Jay is worried about health insurance, as you're certainly aware. Yep. We're going to talk about Medicare and uh, and uh, coronavirus enrollment problems, Medigap issues in the future. Medigap, um, not not Medicare Advantage, just Medigap. You're thinking not a huge issue with that, or we'll get into that. Uh, sure. But then talk about uh biden's proposal for medicare eligibility to age 60 uh effect on retirement planning uh yeah so we got a lot to talk about jay we got uh, sandra hey sandra denise right on we got invest and grow so far so good i appreciate that and jay's got a book out there uh called maximize your medicare which just came out jay tell us a little bit about the book first and foremost i know it just uh it got published by Real Life Publisher, not just self-published. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about it. It came out in January, Josh. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, and it's by Allworth Press. 
So now you can get it everywhere pretty much. And it's in most of the libraries, something out of the top 50, maybe something of 40 plus of the largest library systems. So when libraries reopen, you'll be able to get it there. You can also get it on Amazon. I put the, you can see up on my screen, I think there is my the website and yep. direct email. So people, your people can ask me your direct question. You know, I get asked a lot whether or not I charge up front. The answer is no. I'll have to hear what the actual situation is. And, you know, just the practical reality is sometimes it's going to take five minutes. I'll know that. Sometimes right. I know I'm going to get into, you know, a stack of documents this deep. Yes. It's going to take me 10 hours. Then I'm, there's a, just a one-time fee, no matter how many hours it takes, that then you just basically leave it with me and we don't stop until we're done. Anyway, books, it's out there. Very nice uh, words by you know professionals as well as everyday people. The key thing about the book is that, you know, as just like you, Josh, you deal with real everyday people. Yeah. And, you know, I wrote the book from that perspective, meaning, look, I understand that the person may be living on only social security. I know that some people may be dealing with high incomes and having to deal with the other taxes that have that relate to Medicare. So that's the kind of what distinguishes Maximizer Medicare, real live examples of real people that you know we've interacted with over the years. So Absolutely. that's it. And there's the website for the for the book MaximizerMedicare.com. And also uh, Jay has, I, I think the uh, I mean just the the blog post that he does, the email get on his email list. It's uh you don't get solicited, but I just telling you right now, my friends, you you it, you'll learn so much by subscribing on maximizeyourmedicare.com. Subscribe to his blog. It's a, it's a, it's a plethora. I'm very fancy here, Jay, plethora <laughs> of uh, wonderful information. And I, I just, it's nuts. And you don't get freaking, hey, just no. buy, buy now, but wait, there's more. So uh, if you're interested in health insurance at all, not just Medicare, but health insurance, you'd be crazy not to subscribe. I'm too busy to have to to create all the extra links to the next to the next steps. So, uh, <laughs> so I, I don't I try to keep away from that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Jay does a good business. Now Jay's up in Michigan. So Jay, just a little bit uh, about your. Uh, uh, we've heard you share Jay's name so many times, says Sandra. Right on. I, I like I said, I'm a big fan of Jay. But uh, a little bit of background, Jay, and then we'll start going to more stuff. Uh, you know, just your professional experience. We've talked about this, you know, many times, but it's been over a year since we last talked. So don't even realize, right? It's crazy, right? It's crazy. But a little bit of background about who you are, your background, and, and we'll just go into it from there, if you don't mind. Sure. Uh, you know, I've been in Medicare for a number of years now, almost, I guess it's a, a decade, really. And the book, actually, even though this is the first year it's published, the first edition of the book, my self-published version, came out in 2013, which is, sounds crazy that it, was, it was, that was that long ago uh tells how much time flies and prior to that you know i've been around the world in financial markets i've been bond trader i've been bond derivative trader so a lot of the i've lived through and seen a lot of you know crazy stuff and i think we can call you know our current situation some oh. crazy stuff so the, the fact of the matter is as you know right people are intimidated worried by the fact that that financial stuff looks like it's full of jargon, trying to boil it down to, you know, and irrespective of who you are, whether or not you are like me, strictly educated, or whether or not, you know, you're everyday person who 
grew up growing cantaloupes and I have clients who have grow, grown cantaloupes. So, you know, to be able to kind of demystify and be not be intimidated, use your everyday practical experience, use your everyday common sense to kind of attach what you already know, what you know to be true through your life experiences to this crazy world where you've got all this jargon that seems like so mysterious. Try to demystify that. That's basically the topic. And so from there, you're talking about a, a range of different topics, whether that be long-term care, whether that be retirement planning, whatever it would be, the number of outlets that that grows to basically unlimited. And, so that, and, you know, just real quick, Jay, I mean, your dad's a physician, you know what I'm saying? You uh, father, but right. Oh, yeah, right yeah, on. And dad, you, I didn't, is that recent? No, no. Okay. It's been, it, decades ago, actually. Okay. All right. Gotcha. But, but you, you have a, you know, uh, a, a derivative, you have a mathematic mind to understand like this, is what we talked about, how derivative market works, how insurance products work sure. from the math behind it. But you also have the knowledge of the health in industry as well. It's a very interesting, and I would even argue unique uh, combination there of the skill set of a derivative analyst, a bond analyst, plus the understanding to some degree. I mean, obviously you're not, you know, under the uh, the saw, you're not sawing on people. Right. But, you, know, you know what I'm saying? You have a, a, a history of that kind of exposure as well. Yeah, I grew up, you know, as you as most people could guess, the dinner room talk was the doctor talking about, you know, the complications of insurance. Yeah. And I wrote in my book that, you know, the reality is, is on how complicated health insurance, as well as the, our real world, it's just not that simple. In other yep. words, coming up with this simple solution, well, we're just going to have, you know, one particular government structure or one particular program, and if one size is going to fit all, you know, I just find that difficult to believe. There's 60 million people on Medicare. Uh, and, you know, we'll talk maybe about an additional 10 million more immediately on Medicare. Uh, and then in, on top of that, all of these other parties have enormous stress, whether that be your doctor, your yeah. small town hospital, for example. Uh, and you can see now, you'll see the ripple effects in stories in the press that the reality is, is that it sounds like certain hospitals and situations are overwhelmed with our current situation. The reality is the primary care physicians are not seeing anybody. Yes. Nobody, right? The lights have got to stay on, the rent's got to get paid just like every other business. So you don't really think that, oh yeah, and by the way, it costs them a million dollars to become a doctor today. Yeah. You want to start today, you're 19 years old, that's a million dollars. Like, for certain, that's just every, you want to get through undergraduate school and the, the school loan, unless everything, you know, unless someone waves a magic wand and <laughs> turns off all student debt, which I find unlikely, but <clears throat> in that instance, you're talking about that bill. Yeah. So it's just not that simple. And I always tell persons, because as you probably know, it's easy to find someone to blame. It's, it's yeah. easy to find us to blame. Yeah. It's easy to find doctors to blame some big identifiable party. You know, if I just tell persons and I posit to them, I say rhetorically, I said, look, the reality is your grandchild is 19 years old, says grandma, grandpa, I want to be medical doctor. You tell them no. Yeah. Bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. Not worth the risk and the competition and the cost. You just don't know. 
And so anyway, we've digressed from, you know, I guess you, I'm certain that uh, the Pigear viewers <laughs> have better things that they want to hear about. Well, no, we, that's, uh, we can that's certainly get on it. Beast, man. I mean, that's, uh, that's not good. Um, and then you, on top of that, you have the million dollar debt and now we got furloughs like crazy. So let's, let's just dive right into this. Sure. Today. sure. The, uh, I, every single day I wake up and I sit there and I say to myself, this is we, no financial planning model, no Monte Carlo, no Wall Street, and no could have planned for what we're going through now. And yet it's uh, here we are and it is what it is. So, so we can get mad, which I do. But so what is that? What's happening with the health insurance model here? Because it, it's it, it's got to get ugly, right? I mean, just so going to health, coronavirus and health insurance. Topic number one, just you know, take it away. What's your sure? Thought? And I think that, I think the most important message is that if you've lost your health insurance due to unemployment, yes. If you've lost, you know, and this is my dog uh, Jay Pablo. So you have <laughs> never seen Pablo because he was not here when we were talking before. So he's my assistant. He uh, gotcha. <laughs> just needs to be involved. But anyway, go ahead. So if you've lost your job and you used to be covered by health insurance, okay, so you're covered by your employer on their group plan and you got laid off. If you lost your health insurance for any reason and you used to have it, that does allow for a special enrollment period under federal rules, period. And that's very important because people are worried, especially in this day and age, right, where you lose your health insurance at exactly the wrong time. Well, those persons have a special enrollment period and that consumer protection is federally guaranteed. People can use healthcare.gov. People can use their state specific. People can go directly to the carrier. And you know we're helping people and taking that inquiry here all the time where people are saying, okay, just lost my health insurance. Do I have the right? My yeah. son or I still have my health insurance my child, adult age child lost their job. We live in a gig economy, et cetera, or you know, a number of places where especially you can know that people who were work, used to work part-time and were covered, the few, those persons very likely have been un, laid off and then lost the benefits, of course. So there's that. Uh, in certain states, and it's not the entirety, there are certain states that are allowing you to enroll in health insurance, even if you did never had health insurance. In other words, they've reopened the enrollment process entirely with a blank slate, clean slate today. So there are days, and it depends on the state because the state calls the shots here. Right. The state, state by state, they can determine what the eligibility rules are. So they can say, well, in the state of X, we can, you can enroll, no problem in health insurance. You've got to use a particular site. There are rules, but you can get to the finish line. That, that also includes the subsidies, which is the advanced premium tax credit. That's the formal name. I call it the subsidy towards lowering of your premium, as well as, and very important part, is in certain, depending on the location, you can have lower deductible, lower out-of-pocket maximum than the original contract says. It kind of sits on top of your original health insurance contract. So that generally is the way that individual health insurance now, during the, under the CARES Act, they've mandated a couple of things. One, which is well-known, which is that testing and treatment for COVID-19 
is without charge. Okay. Okay. Of course, it becomes nuanced from there, right? Meaning that, yeah, we've got some, we've got some other complication. We had a pre-existing condition, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Right. I we're not going to settle the complications here because we don't know what the doctor's going to write down on a record. We don't know how the insurance company is going to handle it. But the letter of the law, that's what it states. Okay, so. Once we get widespread testing and you have health insurance, that process should be with that no copay. Now, a special impor important exception to that, a couple of important sections is that exceptions is that those plans that are called short-term plans, yeah. short-term health insurance, number one. Uh, number two is if you had uh, health sharing, you know, there are religious organizations yeah. that people have had in health sharing. Those do not fall under these federal regulations, do not. So the testing and the treatment of it goes by the rules that it sets. Okay. Okay. So that is not going to be covered by, by the rules that were recently passed. I think that that's kind of it on the individual health insurance so, side. Just so I mean, so you're working, you get laid off, right? You had health insurance through your employer. You get laid off. You right. uh, you have Cobra, but you're now carrying the full bill for that. Right. This is the uh, premium credit that the states are offering, or I, I don't get it. What's uh, okay? So, <clears throat> Cobra's different. Cobra Cobra is a different matter, right? Cobra is that that is if you get laid off from a large employer. If you get laid off from a large employer and you are and you can get Cobra, then you have to pay the full bill under Cobra. Okay. Okay. There's a rule. There's an enactment now, a legislation, proposed legislation, which seems like we've got a new bill every day, right? Which will actually pay for that, but that's not passed. What's I mean? What's this? Is that in the House or the Senate or who's bringing that to the table? I want to call it the House. Okay. I, I call it the House. That the House has proposed this, but that is not law at this point. Okay. So as you rightly point out that people didn't under, let's say you're covered by your large employer right, right. and you found a minimum cost when, while you're working, you don't get revealed the full sticker price you do under COBRA. You, right. So you end up seeing oh. the full price and it's not going to be pretty. And so right. I encourage people, even if you have COBRA, even if you have COBRA, I generally tell a person at least go and find out what exists in the world because depending right. on your situation, the practical reality is sometimes it can be too expensive for people. Well, they, Jay, if you, um, you know, here we are in, in April, beginning of May, just got right. laid off. So you got four months of income under your belt. Uh, some of these people won't qualify for ACA premium credits because they made too much money to get the credits. Right. So they'll, you know, they're on their own. Essentially. It's like Cobra. There are, there are, there are a couple of complications here and this is what we're helping people with and very large mistakes are, need to be avoided here, which is the complication is that you, you, let's just say, for example, you earned X dollars, you've got to report those first four months of earnings yeah. as part of your annual salary because you need to use the entire year's worth of salary that you will have received, not just from the time you were laid off not just from the time you laid off. Really? You have, to look, 
you have to look back from January. You have to add January, February, March. So sometimes we've got these people in the world, unfortunately, well, just, just to give it, you know, that people don't want to talk with me for some, you know, they don't like financial people, et cetera. So they try to do it themselves. The mistake that some people make, and I, tr and that's why our clients don't make this mistake is that there are all these questions that people get asked before you get to toll, get told what's your credit going to be. Okay. Well, in order to do that correctly, you've got to put in the, you've got to input your application correctly. Right, right. Okay. And if you don't put your application in correctly, you get the wrong answer. And then you're opening yourself to a huge tax bill next April. Yeah. I've seen this. It has cost persons over $10,000 when making this error. Ugh. That's right. So this is, these are not small numbers here because the absolute number, the absolute cost of health insurance, high. And then in addition that the subsidies, very big. So as a result, all of a sudden I violated a tax rule. You don't find out until the next year. You have to pay back the subsidy you've received. So it is tricky. That's why I've been encouraging people here. Let's, let's walk through this together step by step. In this case, you know, our fee over here is gonna, it's not even gonna register in the round, as rounding error because the, like yeah. I said, I, I've seen, I have seen greater than $10,000 errors when doing this wrong. Yeah, and, 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 and then I don't get called in until November. I'm like, look, you've been receiving this for four or five months at 2000 months a year, $2,000 a month. A month, exactly, exactly. Your, has been your subsidy. Yeah. That you didn't weren't entitled to. Exactly. Do you understand what you've done? Um, no, I mean think about. It. I mean, we're, we're trying to avoid in October. This. My health yeah. insurance was twenty one hundred bucks a month. You know right. what I'm saying? So if I thought on 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 against the I hate to say illegal, but against the law that I could get that as a hundred percent premium credit, nah. I mean, someone's paying for that, and ultimately it'd be me. That's uh, uh, uh so anyway. so on individual health insurance, as you can hear. The rules, and this is the way it works for health insurance generally. The rules are actually largely in the consumer's favor. That's the way the rules are set up. However, navigating the rules and practically connecting the dots yeah. for everyday people is another matter entirely. And some people, as you know, they, they believe that they can do it them, do all yeah. these things themselves. And that may be true. Okay. Do I think it's true? Well, I'm trying to help people avoiding these pitfalls. Yeah. I won't call them traps. Right. Right. A trap is something that someone else sets intentionally to hurt you. Okay. Actually, these rules overwhelming are set in your favor as a consumer. Yeah. But you do need to know how they actually work. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So anyway, that's it for individual health insurance. And we're probably going longer on that. So I'll try to speed along to Medicare. For Medicare. Yeah, Medicare. Yeah, right on. Keep all right, right for, on. Bill. For Medicare people. Again, COVID testing under Part A and Part B is zero, okay? In addition to that, any, for example, if you're in a hospital and we're being treated, that's covered by Part A, okay? So Part B is, is covers the, the testing. Part A covers the hospitalization if resulting from COVID, okay? Now, 
That said, the rules apply, okay? And what that means, for example, is to Medigap and Medicare Advantage policyholders, that means different things, as usual. Under Medigap, people don't have to worry, meaning that it could be for COVID, it could be for a complication, it could be for a pre-existing condition, et cetera. If you have a Medigap policy, then if you satisfied the Part B deductible, close to $200 in 2020, Medigap pays the balance between Medicare and Medigap. It pays the balance, period, no questions asked. Okay, as long as you know the doctor's not practicing voodoo, which they do not. Okay, so it's as long as the, the procedure is medically necessary and appropriate, the combination of Medicare and Medigap pays the entirety, the entirety. And a, a big point I mentioned in the book, and I try to mention any time I talk, that's what you're paying the premium for. You're paying premium under Medigap so that because things don't move, meaning the policy doesn't move and it's in your favor, period. That's the bottom line. So no matter what happens, meaning some other complication from COVID, something non-COVID gets, gets discovered, none of that matters. Medigap covers the balance, period. No questions asked. So in a crazy world where all the facts are changing and all, you know, et cetera, et cetera, the stability of Medigap, you're paying for the stability of Medigap under a wide variety of circumstances. That's man, 100%. That's why I love Medigap because you have like everything else is moving. That stays stable. I, I... And that's in a nutshell. Now, does that mean that it is practical reality? You know, and the fact of the matter is, the, the fact of the matter is that a number of persons live on social security alone. Yep. Uh, people are withdrawing from their, from their retirement funds. You know, I'm, you know, you've got, I don't know, 7,000 videos out there, Josh, about, you know, how to, how people are pulling money from particular, whatever sources. And the, they don't necessarily have this money because at 75, 60, once you're at, start at 70 and above, you know, you're talking about upwards of $2,000 and up per year per person, okay, for Medigap. Certainly that's gonna be the case. Yeah. And I'm just take, talking a lowish number. If you live in an expensive state like, yeah. uh, like Florida, York. You, yeah. you're talking about double that, yeah. okay? And the fact is many Americans don't have that. For that, I've been suggesting, look, you need to have at least Medicare Advantage because it must have an out-of-pocket maximum. Yeah. There's a cap on the downside, right? That alone. Um, And I'm not going to get into the tangent in the media. People call medic. Some people in the media like to call Medicare Advantage a trap. I just don't buy that because the reality is, is that that is the rounding error to deal with the networks and these other and other complications of Medicare, Medicare Advantage. There are complications that you need to understand about Medicare Advantage. They don't, they're, they're rounding error compared to unlimited financial downside, right? Exactly. They, they, they just do not compare. So it, it's, I understand the, that the media needs to get clicks and things like that to say, 
you know, I didn't know this, the insurance company is trying to pick me off or this, that, or the other, you know, it's a trap. It's a trap. It's not a trap. It's not a trap, right? Crazy people, you know, crazy people write books, you know, (laughs) to say, look, this isn't a trap. This is the way it works. There are real reasons for the the way that works. No, like I said, Jay, you have an upper limit. You, You know, for a fact, what your maximum is going to be. Exactly. That has a value to it that you really value. Exactly. And and not only that, and in in almost every state, in most states in the country, you can find a Medicare Advantage plan that has zero premium. So to have two of those features, right? Very low premium and no, at least you know what your maximum downside is. That combination, all the rest of the issues are just not that important compared to those two. I could not agree more. That's it. And so there's so much noise and Medicare being, you know, obviously, you know, political football and this, that, and the other, you know, the main thing is to keep your eye on those two central facts. Now that said, under Medicare Advantage, under COVID, as you would expect, is a list of co-pays for treatments, et cetera. Now, under COVID, it's supposed to be zero. But now if you get to the complication, okay, it's not, it wasn't COVID, it was something that existed in the past. Then could it be, could you be assessed a copay, a, a charge? In theory, the answer is yes. And that will depend on your Medicare Advantage carrier entirely. Okay. So that's how Medicare ha- is handling it. That's how Medi- Medigap is handling it on one end, and that's how Medicare Advantage is on the other. Pretty good, generally speaking, as as usual, though. Yeah. The uh, satisfaction of Medicare, you know, at the end of the day, for people who are actually on Medicare, high, ni- you know, nineties, nineties percent. Once you people get through the complicated rules, and and Medicare Advantage too. I mean, oh Medicare yeah, oh absolutely, Advantage. absolutely. Yeah. And, and so this is just a, m- more a consumer choice. Yeah. I tell a person, this is a matter of math of money matters. And that's where, you know, people like you and me come in, yeah. which is that financial planners going, okay, yes. How much are you willing to pay? What tax are you willing to pay for this extra stability at Medigap? That's exactly right. That's what it comes down to. That, that's what it comes down to. What, uh, let me just veer off for a little bit. Sure. Um, Medicare is is hurting much worse than Social Security. And given that 26 million people are no longer paying or 26 million unemployment, these people are not paying, you know, they're part of the HI, hospital <laughs> insurance. Um, Jay, Medicare has got to be, got to be in a just significant world of hurt. I know, look, I know where you're not on the trustees. I get that. But Man, it can't be good, right? What do you think about with with this? This can't be good for Medicare. You know, I'm not sure is the answer. Now, the reality is, is what you've said is correct, right? Which which is fewer people paying the HI tax, yeah. which is for Part A, right? The employers, you know, people don't see this. Employers get assessed this this tax to to fund the hospital insurance as well as, and the federal government is out there with a budget paying for part B and to subsidize part D, which is the yeah. stand, which is the prescription side. Do the mass of our, of the, the fiscal realities become any easier? No, I, it's like you just pointed out, it's gotta be obvious. 
the trustees came out, I guess, you know, within the past week and tried to say that the solvency of Medicare, you know, under different situations has been shortened by a couple, by a year, by two years. Yeah. The reality, the political reality can be something different, whether or not, you know, I'm going to get elected and, oh yeah, by the way, I'm going to disband Medicare. I'm not sure if (laughs) successful. somebody, no, no, exactly. Right. So do I spend up uh, now? Can this mean, however, that the benefits weaken in some way or that it is forced to make other parts more competitive? That is true. And, and, you know, people have asked because the reality compared to when I first released Maximize Your Medicare to now, the first edition of Maximize Your Medicare was that Medicare Advantage is not very good. The amount of costs the premiums were high, the co-pays were high, the deductibles were high, et cetera, et cetera. The reality, the reality is just the competitive pressure yeah. of the sellers, right? You're talking about these huge companies, smartest guys in the room, full of computers, yeah. full of you know, legal writing power. They competed it away and they did it. And you can see it in Medicare Advantage. So I'm not. I'm not here to tell you. Okay, well, that is the. That's going to be the death of Medicare. I just. I'm not on that no, camp. No. Could, could I see it weakening? Could I see original Medicare being weakening? Meaning, could I see your uh, co-pays for the Part A deductible higher? Yes. Yeah. Could I see the Part B deductible higher? Could I see the twenty percent being changed? Yes. Could I see skilled nursing facility co- copay increasing? I could see that trim changing, those details changing. Could I see, okay, well, everyone's going to have to fend for themselves. I just find that politically impossible. Well, the taxes are going up, though. I mean, that's 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 different. That's a different. That all said, that all said, whether or not this is the time that the rub, you know, we're not going to resolve it here. Right. Right. You could say the rubber should have already hit the road. (laughs) So. Again, that, that's that, that that's more of a thing for the future. You know, my crystal ball on that that, that topic just you know certainly doesn't work. So yeah, no, it's uh. In fact, the trustees report on Social Security also said they it's right. weird they didn't carve a year off. They carved uh, uh what was it? They uh it's still twenty thirty five. They carved one percentage point on what they could fund. It went from something 70, like that. Yeah, right. You call it tomato, I call it tomato. Right, exactly, I mean, right. That, that, that's just the same. That's the same thing. So, uh, what do you, I mean? What do you see in the? Uh, so we, we talk about. Uh, actually, I do want to initially. I kind of downplayed this Biden proposal thing because I just. But then, if we're going to Medicare at sixty, and I see this is the interesting thing, is that if we're going a route where universe, look, I, I don't at this stage who the hell knows. You know what I'm saying? But if we're going to a route where we're going to have more coverage for more people, um, you know, talk about the Biden plan and uh, just anything that you know about. I just, it seems to me, it's like we're already, it's already hurting. So how do we, but then I see the argument. I'm sitting there thinking, Jay, these people, these 26 million didn't ask for this crap, but they right. now got to fend for a freaking Cobra. And they don't have any money. I mean, my right. God, they're not working. And, and so I'm sitting there thinking, 
and I just did a video today and that if you're if you're born in 1960 or 1961, you're going to get hurt for your Social Security benefit. It's insane. And none of you. So talk about the Biden proposal. And let's uh, let's see what the uh, what, what well, your thoughts on that. If you don't be, mind. Before before we get to that, let me just one thing I haven't mentioned about Medicare and what has happened under for people first turning 65 or, for example, let's say yeah. um, which is. The enrollment process, one of the main points and the main theme, you know, that I, the common oh, yeah, yeah. thread that I've been trying to draw on every, in addition to that, you know, we had mentioned, you know, there's a Facebook group. It's a closed Facebook group. You have to apply, you'll get accepted. But I share, you know, my comments on news articles and things like yeah, that. Yeah. Anyway, I just pe tell people it is very important not to delay enrollment. Yes. Not, not even for a day. Meaning that let's just say that you're born in August and you're born, you're turning 65 in August of this year. Your enrollment window begins on May 1st, right? Which is Friday. I've told the persons, our, our clients who have come to me in advance and say, Jay, how do I understand Medicare, et cetera, et cetera. I said, that's all fine. On May 1st, not May 2nd, on right. May 1st. Right. Go to Medicare.gov and enroll in Medicare and apply for Medicare. The reason is that, as you know, Social Security Administration offices are basically closed. You cannot go in there and file. That means you have to file either physically, meaning by paper form, which can be filled out, or online on Medicare.gov. The issue there is errors. Yeah. In fact, we have met of the over the last month more of our probably a certain majority i, I certainly over 50 percent i've discovered errors in, in their applications or errors in their in their claim or, or what so what ends up happening is let's say okay i've been laid off and yeah. now i'm going to start in medicare and my wife turned 65 in august for example fine in which case we've got to hustle and get get yeah. her on Medicare. I'm been laid off. I'm already Medicare eligible. Therefore, I, I get to go right on. They go and try to apply. What ends up happening is you have to show evidence that you had health insurance if you're a 67-year-old. Oh, right, 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 yeah. right. Those have extra forms. Uh, you don't get to attach those forms that easily into social, to Social Security. In addition to that, it's clear to me, and I'm connecting dots without seeing facts, and somebody can call this me speculating, the errors resulting on what days show up as the Part A and Part B effective date okay. are bad because the insurance carriers, they're relying on that data. So it's that, in, that garbage in, garbage out. So what happens is, let's say, I was 67, I got laid off and I enrolled for Medicare. If my, I, and I get my Medicare letter that says, welcome Medicare, Jay. It's gonna have a part A and a part B date. If they're wrong, my eligibility for Medicare Advantage and Medigap changes. So you can see what ends up happening, which is it's not only are, are you not sure about whether or not your Medicare starts on time. You're also not necessarily sure whether you're eligible for Medigap 
or Medicare Advantage on time. You can't tell. And those rules are strict and it's not the carrier's fault. The carrier is relying on the federal information of what your part A and part B days say. That's it. There's no exception. And so as a result, what we've seen is a huge amount of errors on this original letter. Yeah. And now you can obviously see under this time, people are worried as it is that now all of a sudden you've got this other thing that they cannot, that they were not necessarily responsible for, that they could not anticipate another, you know, and it's very complicated because I can remember just the other day, you know, in Ohio, that the dates were wildly wrong. Yeah. In which case, we, we were literally a day away from too late to enroll in Medigap. Ooh. One day away. And one day away and just two days away from the spouse being able to enroll in Part D. So you can have, ver- so I just encourage everyone, and it's a point that I make in this book, which is other reasons not to yeah. mess around, yeah. <laughs> basically. You've got these rules hugely in your favor, take full advantage. Well, you talk about that in other episodes we've done, and even on your own, uh, you know, some of your interviews and podcasts and stuff. Sure. Just about, look, if it's free, don't, don't, you know, you know, what I'm saying, like, don't, don't delay. If it, I don't want to get too deep in that, but I just remember, right. it's like that makes sense. If they're giving it to you, freaking use it because oh, exactly. if you don't use it, you, who knows what happens? You know what I'm saying? And, and right, we're, we're not going to resolve whether it's right or wrong, or right. you know, I, I, I tell, <laughs> I tell, you know. Fair is not, you know, a word that I'm using here. This is entirely what the rules say. I will help you. You know, we've helped people. We continue to help people. That's what the book is for, to help you navigate the rules. But the rules actually are in the consumer's favor. Right. And so if you're a consumer and you're not taking advantage of that, you're leaving money on the table. You're leaving something on the table, whether that be benefits or costs. Those are the same thing. 100% 100% right. Absolutely. Now, what you're talking about Medicare and um, turning to 60, a couple of interesting-ish, maybe, you know, interesting things here. Number one is the Biden proposal actually has a funding solution. Oh. Yes. Surprising. Um, and <clears throat> this is a graceful, elegant thing about it, which is immediately you become eligible for Medicare at 60, the age of 60 instead of 65. So, you know, this is the day that, sell, that authors of books on Medicare you know, are looking forward to, right? All of a sudden, 10x, 10 million people plus become eligible for Medicare overnight. Yeah. The monies right now, the way it works, there would be a separate pot of money to fund it for taxes. Okay, so the 70-year-old will not it's not coming from their pot that they've already paid tax from. Okay. Okay. From the part B part, et cetera. Et cetera. Right. Exactly. Right. Right. So at least I can see now I'm not going to, we'll have to see when the rubber hits the road, whether or not that actually works. But the reality is, is that's what's been proposed. So they have had an eye towards the rationale about what this would do. Then again, in, in light of $6 trillion of federal, <laughs> federal financial assistance, okay, <laughs> I'm not sure how much this is, you know, should be debated. But what this really is, Josh, and the reason I think it's an interesting topic, 
is, you know, I spent a fair amount of time on, you know, other shows and, you know, as the guest, you know, and, my, and on my own. And one question I get from people is, well, how, how soon do I have to consider Medicare when I consider my retirement, the entirety of my retirement plan? Yeah. Because, you know, one of the analogies I like that you use, you know, is that you see this healthcare cost costs you half a million dollars under retirement. And then you say, okay, well, you don't have, you don't, I'm going to spend, you know, a million dollars on food. I don't need a million dollars today. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but what this does do is now all of your projections, your planning for healthcare costs under Medicare now dramatically decline under Medicare and they decline sooner. And now all of a sudden you were, you know, we, I tell people when they're 65, yeah. they're yeah. self-employed yeah. or, you know, they ran a small shop, but they run a small dress shop. Yeah. <clears throat> they're at 60, they're at 65. They say, I'm going to close up shop. I'm going to retire. I say, congratulations. You just got a pay raise because you no longer carry your yep. insurance, which costs $900 a month. Yep. You're going down to $260 a month. You have yep. made yourself $600 a month running. Just oh, by yeah, by 65. The, exactly. And by the way, and by the way, your benefits have improved by a ton. Yeah. Well, now all of a sudden that's 10 extra million people. Okay. That also means that the people who are planning on retirement, when you're plugging in your numbers and forecasting how much you're paying for healthcare costs, which should be in there. Right. I'm not, I'm not, um, and, you know, obviously your, your subscribers would know that because you've told them this multiple times that now all of a sudden you're on a lower cost for health insurance a lot sooner. So now all the choices about, well, am I going to take Social Security at 62? Yeah. Because I just want, I'm tired of working. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Now all of a sudden you also get Medicare. And as, which could be down to, as I said, Medicare cost, just the simple blocking and tackling. Medicare costs 144 this year and change. Medigap, when you turn 65, currently costs, you know, from 100 to $125, $130 a month in most states. Yeah. So you're talking about $300 in total, in full. That, that's yeah. your number, right. which is a much lower cost, which now, which is good news. It also Jay, it's a much lower cost for five years. For, for five years, exactly. Right. So that's a big number, right? So now if you're talking, you know, and you don't have your spreadsheets out and I don't either, but, you know, if we're doing that on, on a podcast, you're talking about 500. This is 60 months of $600. Exactly. That's $36,000 yep. over the five-year period. Plus better coverage. Notably, and not close. Not close, much better coverage. Um, <clears throat> so that's number one. The second thing for persons who do earn a high income, okay, who have been hit by something called IRMA. Yeah. Well, in order to deal with IRMA, the IRS is looking back to your, to your two, for your 2018 health insurance, your 2018 tax return. If they look two years, so what I've been telling people is the guideline is you are calling me to discuss 
how health insurance, health, well, you know, if you haven't been in the past, is if it's your first time calling me, when is that time to call me? It's two years prior to the time that the first person considers either Medicare or retirement. Mm -hmm. The earliest of those two. Well, now that means when someone turns 58. Because now you're trying to trying to also optimize to possibly avoid Irma if you can. Yep. And so now you can understand a lot of mistakes are are made because they take money from their qualified funds. Hey, I need a new roof. Yep. I don't want to use my money in on my in my checking account. Let me just pull it from my IRA. Yeah. That's tax that becomes taxable income as many people know. However, what it's done is it may have bumped them into an Irma bracket. And now all of a sudden their Irma costs more. Yeah. You know, I've seen other situations. People borrow from their for their IRA in order to lend money to their adult age child. Yeah. Right. In other words, they go to the wrong source. And some of this cannot be avoided. Right. Right. I'm not talking about this, right? Life throws at you, right. you know, it's a curveball. Okay, you deal with it the best you can. Right. Exactly. And that part I'm that part I'm not talking about. What I'm talking about is about situations that can be reasonably avoided. And there's one. And part of that is okay, I get Medicare at 60 now and I have money to retire, or I want to retire at 62. And here's a simple example. Someone who wants to retire at 62, get their lower amount of social security, fine. And they still decide, I still want to retire, fine. If that is the time, then the time to start considering everything and the way that the money will work is actually at age 60. Mm -hmm. Because you're also trying to avoid Irma here. Right. And have that be part of the equation. So that's the second topic. So back to um, Biden and that's the Biden proposal. Yes. I mean, where's the funding coming from that you said? So he's got this pot of money from, I mean, obviously taxes, but how, where, when? No, that is taxes. I mean, uh, make no, make no doubt about it that some, some amount is going to be, have to be allocated from the general budget. I don't think there's any question about that now. Right, exactly. It's not just going to show up, you know what I'm saying? We're going to have some back and forth on that matter. I mean, you know, we don't have the full flush out. So it's a bit, it's not for me to be, uh, you know, speculating about political outcomes. But if it comes about what I'm, what I'm really talking about is the fact that you need to then, it pushes the planning process to actually sooner for retirement. Does uh, Biden's plan ban Private insurance, like uh, Elizabeth Warren and a, uh, I think. No, Bernie. no, no. That, that that's Obamacare. This is Obamacare plus plus. Okay. Got okay. It. So, what now? This is not. You know, the headlines are full of other news. Right. Right. Once we're focused back on what this thing actually right. says, right. there's going to be pushback from every large stakeholder, which means insurance companies, doctors, yeah. hospitals. You know, the football will be in full flight being tossed around and ban, you know, kicked around. But that is for everyday people, you know, one thing which is a very good thing, but yes, also, you know, means more more planning ahead. You know, you, has Trump have any proposal on this at all, Jay, that you I mean anything, anything. I haven't heard anything. Have, have you heard anything? 
Well, I mean, I think that no, um, yeah, Medicare as as it is, um, you know, I th what we have focus on is surprise billing. Oh, what I would say is that inside the CARES Act is you're not supposed to receive something called balanced billing under health insurance. So balanced billing, for those people who are not familiar with the term, let's just say a, a procedure costs $500. The doctor and hospital can say, that's not enough. You know, I don't make money there, whatever reason. And you have health insurance and that's the agreement. Can the doctor and hospital send you a bill for $700? The answer is yes. That where the $200 you're responsible for, the answer is yes. That's called balanced billing. Uh, under, the afford, under the CARES Act, yeah. the $200 for COVID matters is supposed to be outlawed. Okay. Meaning that's supposed to not be allowed, which is a certain topic during our, you know, the past year has been surprise medical bills. Yeah. That basically is supposed to be solved under the CARES Act here. But just for COVID related stuff. Just for COVID related matters. <laughs> just for COVID related matters. So no incentive to have uh I just uh, <laughs> You know, I mean, aren't the hospitals getting paid more? I don't you don't have to get political? I just don't the hospitals get paid more to serve COVID patients than they do just regular patients. I mean, what I've heard that every guy who dies of COVID gets thirty nine thousand bucks for the hospital. Every guy that dies from freaking heart attack gets nine thousand bucks. I'm literally pulling those numbers out of my butt. But you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I hadn't really looked or considered, you know, the impact. But just given what you said about this specific slither, we, you know, there's nothing there. But everything else is still, you still get that, that, uh, ah, yes, the whole thing. Is, which is going back to the whole thing of Medigap. At least with Medigap, you don't have to worry about any of this. You let the insurance company fight with the government and everybody else. And you were saying as an individual retiree, you, you guys work it out. I did what I had to do. I paid my Part B, my Part D, and my Medigap, and I'm good to go. You see what I'm saying? That's, that's what makes that so, ah, so relaxing in my opinion and don't don't get me wrong under medicare advantage there's not supposed to be about this kind of surprise bill yeah the headlines right, yeah. you've heard for surprise medical bills has to you know something conveniently left out from articles and things like that is that this applies to the under 64 crowd yeah, under right. under 65 crowd not really for medicare gotcha, you know, because gotcha. medicare advantage you say you have this exam or you've got some diagnostic cat scan PET scan, x-ray, blood test, here's the amount, here's the cost. And if you use the network, that's the cost. If you use out of network, there's a different cost and here it is. And there isn't bill balance billing allowed under that situation. Hey Jay, someone just asked, uh, just in your line of work, the guy says he's 65 now, but his, uh, uh, his wife, his better half is 43. Where does he get insurance for her? Is that something that you can help people with to get private insurance through ACA or someone else uh, with a guy who himself is on Medicare? Right. And this is what you can see. This is the, largely the decision making here, meaning that right now, when you have a married couple, the right. one who drives the boat is not the one on Medicare. No, all right, right. The one right. who drives the boat is the one who's not on Medicare. Right. For example, <clears throat> can it mean that somebody stays on their employer-provided plan? The answer can be yes, 
even if it's inferior to Medicare, because the spouse or other family members need to stay on the plan. Um, but yes, absolutely. It's, if one spouse is on, right to your point, one person's on Medicare, one person is not, yeah. the Medicare person is clear. The non-Medicare person has the unrestricted right to get health insurance, right? They have this, they have the right because whatever plan they had in the past is ending. But the issue and the reason that I work with people in advance of that yeah. is, hey, so you're not surprised by what that number is. Yeah. <clears throat> so I had the Cadillac plan. Okay, yeah. you had a Cadillac plan and you lived in Illinois. Do you understand this is $1,600 a month for yourself right. if you're 63? Yep. Every bit of $1,600 a month because you wanted the Rolls Royce. Yeah. You live in a... In a place where stuff is expensive in Chicago, that's the cost. Okay, wait a minute. Well, that, that, that's, you know, 20 grand a year. Right. In which case, have I built in 20 grand a year of extra cost? Don't on know. top of that, I'm going to pull it from my IRA on top of all the other things I was pulling from my IRA. And now I'm going to pay even more when I hit 65 because Irma. Yes. Exactly. So now, and just saying that, Healthcare costs, the, co the cost equation here is a meaningful number yeah. and a meaningful number so that it becomes part of the entirety of financial planning. And in fact, to me, the dominant, the first spot, you know, there's a reason I wrote this book, not about it, some, you know, credit derivatives, for example, the point of maximizer Medicare is because everyone is eligible for Medicare. And as a result, yeah. this applies equally to everyone, no matter what your financial resources are. Man, that's that. See, that's why I love it, Jay, because this is not, unfortunately, most financial planners uh, have this walled where if you don't have a box, we don't want to talk to you. And that, that actually pisses me off. Uh, but what I love about what the work you're doing is inherently, inherently, it is all inclusive. Everybody needs this stuff you see what i'm saying and everyone's gonna have to go through the grinder to figure it out why not hire somebody i mean look i'm not here to sell you i not you but these people watching i don't but the way i look at it's like you think socials and i'm talking to people not you jay but you think social security is a nightmare wait till you uncover medicare stuff i, I mean there's the freaking literal rocket scientists who can't figure this out it's nuts you know, and the reality is, and this is the financial reality is, and a point that I've been making to all of our people, all of our clients, which is that to say, look, the reality is, I know there, there's, for every one Medicare book, for a person yeah. like me, there are 20 social security optimization yeah. numbers. The reality <laughs> is the financial marginal difference, okay, on an annual basis, is nothing compared to the annual difference plus downside man. under a health situation. Uh, man, 100%, 100%. Right. They're, they're not close. Yet we spend yeah. 10 times more time watching social security administration videos and right. reading those books than we do on the one topic over here that you have unrestricted rights. And by the way, has many, many more times of financial impact to you almost immediately. Either on saved cost, 
I literally have for the very wealthy, I know, and this is the case, that I know persons who, you know, and you're talking about type A. Yeah. They want to work. They love working. They've worked. They keep working. Yeah. They keep working till their low 70s, their early 70s. And I say, and then they call and they say, Jay, I'm thinking about retiring. I heard you know something about Medicare. Yeah. And I tell them, yeah, I do. And then we get together and then I ask them how they've been insured. I said, okay, congratulations. And I say this tongue in cheek after getting to know them. You know, in the back of my mind, I said, okay, you have paid overpaid for you and your wife and health insurance by over $100,000 over the past seven years. $100,000. Now that person got in that position by not overlooking that detail, right? Nevertheless, that's what happens. Yeah. Um, whether by cost or by benefit, the financial impact of healthcare cost planning on all of financial planning is so big that it has to be stop one. And you can see now that, you know, financial markets are not only in one direction. Well, Jay, it's even, you think it's bad on, so in terms of like a logarithmic scale, you got Medicare, Social Security, and then all the ink that has spilled talk about investments. I'm like, oh, good. No, I mean, oh, I mean, if people just for, for every hour they spent on their stupid investments just took one minute, one minute right. to focus on Medicare. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I've said there how many topics are books on investment planning. And we know for a fact, you and I, oh, looks like I'm unstable. Can you still hear me? Yeah. Can you still I'm hear sorry. me, Jay? I can hear you. I can hear you. All right. We know for a fact that the investment market is, is let's just put it, very efficient. No it, way. It's, it's, inherently, it's inherently variable. That's what I'm saying. But Medicare and healthcare is, and the beauty of Medicare is your rights and your options are federally known and and the carriers they follow it don't get me wrong and this you know part of the reason i appear in public part of the reason for the book i'm like look it feels like that to the person because they're confused by the jargon i can understand yeah. that yeah. but i promise yeah. you unless it's human error which can occur it's not because the carrier is intentionally skirting federal regulation that's just not that's impractical they're closed Right. If, if they do so, exactly put into the penalty box for years, this has happened. It's not worth it for them as a commercial enterprise when in a market of 60 million consumers, they're going to single exactly. out one yeah. person to not pay yeah, your right. claim or not to take your application correctly. That That is just not. There's another explanation. You see Especially. Yeah, you say too on the the profit margins on each person is so small. You know, it's like pennies. You know what I'm saying? It's like is is a mass. So for them to go after Jo specifically and say we're going to screw this guy, it doesn't make sense because they have they're just it, uh, it doesn't make and sense. And it's it's back to that when I started out the beginning, right? Is that people get are intimidated and it's identifiable. Find someone to blame. You know, the national pastime. Yeah. When you have all that, it's easy to identify an insurance company. But if you just now, look at the facts, it does you, um, they run out. You're licensed in all 50 states or just Michigan? Oh, no. In many, in fact, more of our clients come from outside of Michigan than inside. I got so a guy on here, my man Moon. He said he likes you. He looks like your book's pretty good. But uh, being a Michigan, that guy, he doesn't like you. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's okay. Um, you know, I, I don't hold grudges. I put it this this way. I even have people who are alums of Michigan State. <laughs> so, and, and you know, it's not going to be a problem. And if we have what happens in insurance is you have to have what I call dip switches, dip switches at the state, dip switches at the carrier. So we make sure that all of that stuff is in line in advance. We will tell you up front, no problem. And so that's the email address and website so that you know people can reach out. There's a contact form there. And the you're first still doing um. Now you're on Robert Powell. He's with Wall Street Journal or something. He's a big wig, but uh, you're on his podcast too, right? Is that yeah, the- Jim. Yep, up on Jim Cramer's web. It's Jim. It's the street.com. Okay. He's got his own part called uh, Retirement Daily, and so I'm the monthly. A couple of things. Other places you can find me. Yes, I'm his monthly guest on a podcast um, on the street.com Retirement Daily with Robert Powell, and you know he writes for Market Watch yeah. as well. You know he's I've my quotes up there on USA Today, for example, yeah. um, and then. Another good resource online is something called MedicareResources.org. What I'll do is I'll put that in the, and I'm not sure, can people see my, I'm not sure if people can see what I've written or my information. My email is up there on your screen. I don't, I, they can see, they can see, they can't see the chat stuff, Jay, but they can, I can see, see them. They can see what you have there behind you, the email, your website, okay. and your book. Okay, so there's another website called MedicareResources.org. Okay. MedicareResources.org. And I'm an expert contributor, you know, one of the few who contribute writings there. And actually, I had a very large, longish article on the ins and outs of IRMA. The, yeah. We talked about taxation under Medicare. You know, so people can certainly find me there. And of course, the the hub to all of that is really up there on the website, MaximizeYourMedicare.com. And definitely go to Jay's... Uh, uh... You can see, okay, people are saying they can see, okay, good, good. Um, and like I said, folks, if uh, if you're just, look, you're going to get a, a huge amount of resources on Jay's uh, regular post and everything. I don't know why you would not subscribe to that. Um, uh, what else? Seems like I got something else I want to ask you, Jay, before I let you go. Um, uh, uh, and you can, that's what I, was gonna, I think you already answered. But again, you can help people with private coverage. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. And, and, oh, that's what I was say. Long-term care stuff. We we kind of we didn't even talk about that. Is that something you're privy to in terms of helping people if they want to discuss that? Is that are you licensed in that area as well? Sure, of course. You know, I've got all these other licenses, and and I think the most recently you had this uh, the universal life with long-term care writers. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So that's any a very thoughts on. I mean, just not the video, but just any thoughts on ULs with a long-term care writer? Just I, look, you don't have to be too. But... No, that's fine. That's fine. I, I'll give you my opinion. Yeah. Um, I think that the, generally speaking, people have to deal with the idea that you that life insurance with long-term care is valuable because of the fact that you can get your benefits pulled forward when you need. Yes, exactly that, right. That, yeah. That's the critical. The issue is that inside the contract are a dizzying number of moving parts. <laughs> the idea that a consumer can filter through them is almost impossible. And in fact, but if I just, without using another hour, right? What I would say is the following is, I tell persons the principles of any financial contract 
is follow the cash flow. Follow the cash flow. Because you need to get away from, okay, my jargon about elimination period and restoration right. of benefits, home health care, you know, riders, inflation riders. You need to follow the cash flow. Because these different instruments, so that's number one. And number two is I generally tell persons in our financial plan planning practice, the complication with these products is that you are trying to hit, people want to hit too many different objectives. And way off, did not agree, yep, yep. Some people say, look, I'm gonna invest, I'm gonna purchase this, long, this life insurance with long-term care benefits and I get stock type returns. Yep. 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 Right. And I can understand that can look alluring. That said is you have to remember that the sellers are clipping something from there. They're getting something from it, from at making it look that way. They're not now the market's competitive, right? I can tell you if, if there's one seller of this type of policy, there are 20. Yep. But my point is, is I try not to mix up financial objectives. Meaning if you want financial markets risks, yep. there's your E-Trade account. In the financial markets, exactly. If you want insurance matters, this is the insurance matter. Yep. Um, I guess the last point is people have to understand that for, let's just say for every $1,000 of premium, you're, the question is, is what bang for the buck do you get? Yep. So long-term care insurance, traditional long-term care insurance, very difficult because of underwriting. It's going to be more difficult, right? Because we haven't talked to a totally different podcast would be the fact that insurance underwriting is getting harder now because of COVID-19. No question. We've received notice certain application processes are on hold or there are new, companies are creating riders attestations to say on your application, you must attest to the following on your application. That is not, you can expect that. And that's can, for life insurance and LTC or just LTC? Well, on life and just boilerplate life insurance. Whoa. Even on universal life, we, we have seen, we also remember there are exams that have to be done in many yep. cases, blood right. tests, for example. In many states, you can't get that, right? That can't be called essential. You have an, elect, you have an elective test. Oh, that's, uh, so that, the, I never even thought about that. And, and this is the, these are some of the topics of, you know, what the benefits of planning ahead, yeah. right? And don't get me wrong. We're never planning ahead to be for a UFO to land. Right, on right, 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 right. But this is that extreme example of, you know, I'm in great health. We'll get to it later. Right. I, 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 <laughs> well, now your neighbor has COVID-19. Yeah. And now as a result, your underwriting is harder. Or your application is now delayed. Or your premiums are higher. I mean, it's just oh, one. That, that, that's a totally that that is for sure true, right? Because what happens because what will happen is the actuarial tables will be adjusted, and life expectancy will decline. It can't be increased, right? I mean, let's just presume, 
right? So as a result, the cost of insurance is going to be higher, period. Yeah. That's it. And you have lower interest rates. So as a result, the premium has got to be higher. So you add these into the pot, right? There's only one direction. <laughs> so this is what's important. You're talking about the universal life with long-term care is that generally, so when people are selecting across all these different options, yeah. you got to look at this stuff carefully. You know, it's just the, on back to the bang for the buck is that if you can pass the underwriting of untraditional long-term care, yeah. the bang for the buck is much greater, yeah. right? Can you get much greater benefit? Yes, but there are other risks involved. And so it's not a simple comp uh, exercise. Do I, do I think that, long, that life insurance with long-term care rider is a good thing? I do, I do in general, but you do need to pay attention. And I tell people, look, you think Medicare is complicated. That is nothing compared to life insurance with long-term care rider because that language isn't regulated. This is, you know, Josh's long-term plus versus yep. J insurance company, right. you know, accelerated benefits, right. you know, ultra. And we're making up our terms with our own definitions, exactly, right. not regulated by the federal government. Yeah. Whereas under Medicare, these terms, these right. definitions of what is what is, it is enforced and defined by the federal government and the carriers are told, these are your rules, you will play. Completely <laughs> uniform. There's a uniform across the board. Exactly, exactly. And and the carriers have no choice. So this is, you know, not That's to be oversight, just extra reasons that people, this should be more positive on Medicare. In fact, on medicareresources.org, the next article, here's your sneak peek yeah. on that website. My next post, my next lengthy post will be five reasons why people should be happy we become Medicare eligible. And so MedicareResources.org. We'll put that in the show notes. Uh, folks, I'll put a link to Jay's book in the show notes too. Uh, it's on Amazon, right, Jay? I mean, yeah, uh, Amazon. And if you support, if you got a bookstore in your neighborhood that you can order it from there, if you want to support your local bookstore. Yeah, man, right on. Perfect. You can imagine of all the small businesses, you can't uh, imagine one's hurt more than the local bookstore. You can't go there. You can't leave your fingerprints on book. I mean, it's, you can't have a cup of coffee at the cafe, at the bookstore. So if you have that in your local area, please, that can be also used. They can get the book, no problem. And also, I mean, to be perfectly honest, if you got your folks or you got somebody else that you're concerned about and say, hey, look, send them a copy of the book. I mean, I mean, just go on Amazon you know, use it. I mean, it just it can't hurt. You know what I'm saying? To get that book into other people's hands so they can say, hey, stop focusing so much on day trading. Focus on the stuff that's important. And this is it. Jay, I'm going to have to, uh, I'm getting my hit. I'm hitting my wall here. I'm oh, an no old problem. man, dude. Not a problem. I've overstayed where I'm the guy. Much obliged for being here, brother. You're a good man, Jay. I don't care what they say. We got my man, <laughs> there you that, go. Uh, Moon here, say, oh, Buckeyes and uh, oh, yeah, yeah. what are we going to do? I, look, I, I just want to let you rub it in. Yes, but, yeah. So the idea is, yes, I, yes I'm licensed in Ohio. And despite yes. all that's not going to be a problem. <laughs> Thanks for being here, man. Appreciate it, Jay. Appreciate the time, Josh. Thanks very much for Thanks. having me. Thanks. Have a good evening. Thanks, uh, sir. Thank all right. Bye-bye. Thanks for you all being here, by the way. All right. Bye. Good night, everybody. Good boy. Let's go. Thank mm -hmm. you.